You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. My name's Jack. Today, I'm joined by Jake and Aiden for a special uh, Premier League preview for the 2020-2021 season. How are you guys doing? Hi, Jack. I'm doing good. Um, I've had a, had a good week just watching a lot of NBA and back to school this week, so it's been a little busier than, I, than I've wanted, but can't complain too much. Um, Aiden, how are you doing? I'm so happy. Just glad that the Premier League's returning. This video is going to be a lot of fun, just doing predictions, which is which is fun. I mean, obviously, we're, we're not going to be able to nail them on, especially in this weird time with no fans in the ground, but should be a really fun exercise. How are you, Jack? I'm ready. I'm super excited. I can't wait. We're recording this on a Thursday night. Premier League starts on Saturday. Uh, I'm ready. I'm just ready for a new season. A new Everton. <laughs> wow. uh, in all seriousness, though, I am super, super excited. I just want to, uh, I just want to get back to it in a season that, like you said, Aiden, it's a little bit weird. Hopefully, you know, fans back in the stadiums pretty soon. But uh, either way, very excited that we have a new season this quickly without a break. Uh, I do have a confession to make, though. After last week's episode, uh, you guys may have done the same thing, but I'm going to be completely honest. My Fantasy Premier League team, I've switched it around completely. It's completely different. What about you guys? No, me and Aiden stuck to the rules. I think it was just you. Yeah, no, I switched it around every single day, multiple times. Probably switched it 15 times since. Spent countless hours working on it, and it's still go. not complete. These transfers are just throwing me for a spin every time, even if yeah. they're from a, a not-so-great team like Newcastle. They just really... Whenever the prices come out, you've got to reevaluate all the, the algorithm, really. It's like a total algorithm trying to fit everyone in here. But, yeah, yeah you're right. We, we didn't stick to the rules. We switched it around. Yeah, and I'll switch it around again tomorrow before the season starts. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I, I, I was hoping I wasn't the only one. But, yeah, like you said, when, when more players come in, just more options, the prices change. And, you know, you just got to play around with the team a little bit. Uh, today we're going to give a Premier League prediction for the upcoming season. We're also going to go through uh, a couple of awards, uh, like the top score, top assist, that sort of thing, at the very end. But first, we'll give our uh, predictions for the for the table. Uh, but really quick, before we actually get started with our table predictions, what are you guys looking forward to the most this season? Jake, I'll, I'll start with you for this one. I'm looking forward to United signing Sancho, which is apparently going to happen now because Fabrizio Romano has said that there's been a breakthrough. So that's all I'm waiting for right now. I'm sure um, Aiden probably has something much better than that, hopefully, but we'll see. What am I most excited for? Just, just honestly, just games again. I mean, it, it seems in a way, it seems like forever since they were playing, but in reality, it's been like three or four weeks, not really that long, but I mean, I think all of us can can say it together and we're telling the truth. You just really can't get enough of the Premier League. So I'm just excited to see the drama, the last-minute goals, bad decisions by managers and players and referees alike, VAR uh, assistance as well. And based on my – no, I don't want to spoil, but I'm just excited to see Liverpool not host the Premier League trophy. Hoist, rather. <laughs> what about you, Jack? Yeah, I just, I just can't wait. I can't wait to watch Everton in a in a fresh season with 
uh, a new team. Well, I'll get into that later when we do the table. Like, well, I guess we can just jump straight into it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy that a new season, new start for Everton. And uh, yeah, every game matters from now on. Last season, by the end, none of the games mattered for Everton. So there's a, a reason to watch, really. But we'll get straight into it. We'll start with uh, 20th to 18th, the relegated spots. Who do you guys have uh, from 20th to 18th? Um, okay, I'll start it off. I have, I'm going to go from 18th to 20th here. I have Brighton in 18th, uh, West Brom in 19th, and Fulham 20th. Um, Fulham, I have them bottom just because I don't trust their defense. Um, we saw how bad they were two seasons ago when they were last in the Premier League, and I don't, if I remember right, I don't think they've made any defensive signings aside from uh, Anthony Robinson at left back. Um, and I think that's the only one. Yeah, so I don't don't trust that at all. West Brom, I just don't think they have like Premier League caliber players like all over the pitch. Um, up front, they have Charlie Austin, who's you know he was he was good at Southampton and in a couple of seasons at QPR, but he didn't play very many minutes last season, even in the Championship. Um, and I don't think that they have, you know, the, a Premier League proven defense midfield or attack, to be honest, or a goalkeeper. Um, but I can still see them, like, picking up random points here and there. But then again, everyone does that. Um, and I actually have Brighton in in 18th spot. Um, just because, again, with them, I don't think that they've improved that much. Like, their, their strike force is still, I think it's only two players right now. Um, Connolly and Neil Mope. Um and we've seen like in obviously it's it's because they're like a smaller club so I could forgive it but we've seen them be like kind of streaky um just you know losing like going like seven eight nine games without a win but still somehow managing to survive but I don't know maybe maybe this time they won't that's just what I think though nice I like those picks Jacob I don't mean to call you out but I'm I know you went from 18th to 20th but I'm gonna go from 20th to 18th because I think we're just gonna keep working our way up so that'd make a bit more sense no no offense to you so I'm gonna start off uh, 20th I have I have Fulham as well I just don't think that Scott Parker is a good enough manager Uh, they're gonna be leaking a lot of goals at the back even though they got Areola, who I guess is going to be second fiddle and goal, apparently, according to Jack and his reports. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just don't – other than Mitrovic, who I don't even think he's that great of a player at this level, they don't really have any players that impress me at all. And then in 19th, West Brom, you already said it, they don't have any real Premier League quality. The player I am looking forward to, though, is uh, Pereira. Uh, seeing him in the Premier League when you just uh, – compare his numbers to Buendia when he was in the championship he created about 30 or 40 more chances and we saw how at least in the beginning of the season that translated the Premier League for Buendia yeah. but yeah Slavin Bilic also not really my cup of tea and I don't think he's a good manager and then lastly I have for 18th I have West Ham also getting relegated to getting the last spot just, obviously they they were relying a lot on Antonio who did have pretty good numbers but they relied on him a lot and I personally don't think he can keep that up for long parts of the season even though they do have players on big wages they haven't been able to offload them they haven't gotten any reinforcements really in the window Declan Rice still could leave they have a very tough run of fixtures for the first eight games. Yeah, it's the only really hope I'd say is for them right now is they have David Moyes, who just seems to always keep teams in the league. But also there's squad discontent there was another reason why I have them going down after you 
you guys saw the social media posts from the squad members after uh, their player was sold. Yeah. But yeah, those are all my mm-hmm. reasons. What do you think, Jack? You do make a good point, though, for West Ham. You make a compelling case. Thank you. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of discontent around West Ham. Um, and I can talk about that. I've got them. I don't have them in the bottom three, but they are very close. I've gone for in 20th. I've gone for West Brom, uh, Fulham in 19th, and I've gone for Aston Villa in 18th. Now, West Ham – or not West Ham, West Brom and Fulham from what I've seen, and that's very, very little. But when I look at their squads, which I agree with you guys, I just don't think that they have enough Premier League quality uh, players within their squads. And I don't think that either teams have managers that can really compensate for that. We'll, we'll talk about uh, leads in, in a little bit, I'm sure, with Bielsa and his system. But I don't think that the system that the managers uh, put in place really helps helps the players not that they're bad managers but more so that the players just aren't good like they aren't good enough to stay up as a squad you need the depth and you need the quality I just don't think it's all there for Fulham and West Brom um in 18th I've gone for Villa now they have made a couple of good signings they've got uh Ollie Watkins who's the player of the year in the championship last year and had a great great season at uh, at Brentford, so he's a very good player. And they also brought in Matty Cash, who can either play at uh, right midfield or right back, and he's another really good player. But when I honestly, from what I saw last season, I do not rate Dean Smith at all as a manager. I oh. thought that like close to the close to the end, I thought they played like really well after lockdown, but I was not impressed with them. Like overall, I think that they stayed up was more to do with like Watford, not, not performing until the very end of it. The, like they didn't perform, especially at the end of the season. Cause I'm just not impressed. And I like Villa and I like in my opinion. I think you guys will agree. Aston Villa 100% are a premier league club. They should be in the premier league. I just don't see, um, I don't see, Dean Smith has a very good manager, but they have made a couple of good signings, so you never know. It will be close for that for that uh, 18th spot, like right on right on the edge there. They do have a decent midfield, obviously. It looks like Grealish will stay, which if he didn't stay, I don't think they'd even make 18th. They'd be 19th or 20th, yeah, but Grealish looked like he's staying. He has somebody to pass the ball to in Watkins. Everybody knows Villa needed a striker desperately last year. But they're also like, I think they conceded the second or third amount of goals and they haven't really upgraded. I don't think they've brought in any center backs. I'd have to double check that. But I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see enough quality there and enough depth to keep them up in the league. But what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think you're pretty much bang on. Um, it is weird, like what you said about Dean Smith. Um, how like at the end of the last season again, I know I mentioned the athletic a lot, but they have like some fan forums and, and uh, where you could just, you know, share your thoughts and stuff. And I, I would just mm-hmm. be scrolling through them. And I, be- I, I think I barely saw any Villa fans criticizing Dean Smith, which I mean, obviously you have to commend them for it because they don't just turn on their manager like that. But just from the outside too, I kind of thought like Dean Smith was at fault for, for a lot of things. Um, like among them, just not playing to the strength of his squad and, I mean, all season they were leaking goals. I know if you don't have the personnel, it's hard to change it no matter what, but just try to find the solution instead of just sticking to the same plan every week. But I don't know. I mean, again, I I can't really criticize Villa fans for not turning on the manager, but 
I think you're right, Jack. I think um, I think he's probably not the best that they could get right now. Um, but yeah, I do like Vela too, so I hope they do stay up. I think it it could be close. Like all these teams, I think in the bottom six that we're discussing are there. I would say from the thirteenth, you look at these other thirteen teams, or I guess so the bottom seven, the other thirteen teams mm-hmm. that I think we're going to talk about are like couple levels above the rest of these pack and it's just who is the worst out of these ones and I could definitely see from Villa's defending last year um, that it, it could be them that gets relegated obviously we've heard my bottom three and I, and I don't think uh, think that's going to happen but yeah obviously you guys, you guys know more about um, the manager Dean Smith than I do I, I don't really watch a lot of Aston Villa games I'll be honest so I'll just go with mm-hmm. your opinion on that one you want to move on to the uh, 17th and up yeah we'll go 17th to let's go 17th to 15th go ahead jacob um so in 17th place who we just talked about i have aston villa um so i won't say much about them Uh, actually you know what i'll just name them then i'll go to it so 17th i have aston villa um 16th i have crystal palace and 15th i have newcastle um so again aston villa we just mentioned it so i won't go into it at all um just yeah, the defense is garbage, but maybe maybe now with Watkins and Grealish, they just have enough to to win some games against the bottom teams um, and get the points that they need to survive. I have Palace in 16th because aside from uh, Ebrechi Eze, they really haven't improved in anyone. Or sorry, they haven't improved at all. Like I can't really tell you who who they've signed off the top of my <clears throat> off the top of my head. Um, I know apparently uh, their goalkeeper, uh, Vicente Guaita, is being linked to, to back to Spain. Um, I think it's Real Batiste in particular. Um, and he's been really good for them. They don't really have a, a good backup goalie of the same caliber. Uh, Wayne Hennessy's not that good, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Palace, they're just like in, they're, they're an old squad um, with Zaha and now Eze. So maybe, and I just think. I have them 16th just because they have the know-how like against some teams. We see them every season where they they go through a slump and then they pick up the points that they need. Um, so I think it's feasible that they'll do the same thing again. And I have Newcastle 15th, who originally had Newcastle lower down, but after their signings um, of Wilson, uh, Frazier, and Jamal Lewis, um, I had to move them up. I mean, I think those are really smart signings, which is kind of uncharacteristic for Newcastle. Um without wanting to be too harsh on them, but who knows? Mike, Mike Ashley's starting to spend some money, $20 million on Callum Wilson. Um, obviously, Frazier was free, but his wages aren't, aren't small, and uh, $13 million in add-ons for Jamal Lewis. Um, and, I mean, it is smart business. It's areas in the squad that they needed to improve, right? Because um, two goals in total from their strikers last season. Or, no, sorry, not two goals. Two goals from Joe Linton. I think they had six in total from their strikers. I think Gale got four. I don't know. Just kind of excited to see what goes on, but sorry, sorry. Could you just repeat which which teams you had in order there? I kind of forgot. Yeah, my bad. Um, no, so it's I had, okay. I had seventeenth Aston Villa, sixteenth Crystal Palace, and fifteenth Newcastle. Okay, nice. All right, I like, and I think I like... I've I've talked enough. So yeah, go go on. No, it's okay. I I honestly should have remembered. I just forgot because I was listening to all your points very intently. And then I just forgot the position of the teams. <laughs> um, but for 17th, I have uh, Aston Villa. 16th, I have Brighton. And 15th, I have Palace. Uh, obviously, Aston Villa, I have them in the same position that they finished last season. Um, I think they might 
they could bump up. Obviously it's, it's like kind of backtracking of what I'm saying. I think they could go for me, they could go as high as 15th, just, just with Ollie Watkins, a more capable striker, like you're talking about in the squad. We'll just see how long that um, he takes to bed in. And then also having, hopefully having John McGinn fit for a full season uh, would be helpful. But again, I can't really put them high just because or higher than 17th, just based off their defending. And even even their goalkeeper, what we saw of him in lockdown, carrying the ball over the line, stuff like that. Yeah, how lucky, yeah. yeah, how lucky they got to to stay up. Um, so I couldn't put them higher than 17th off of that. Brighton, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jake, earlier when you were just talking about Mope and Connolly. They don't have enough... Uh, strength and depth are actually quality in the attacking areas. And then some games last season, both of us were questioning uh, why they did, weren't starting Trossard, who's in my eyes, clearly their best player in, for this uh, division. So Brighton could struggle, even though I like, I'm interested to see like how much of a difference someone like Ben White makes for them. Yeah, true. I'm going to, I'm going to put them in uh, 16th position and I'm interested to see uh, how Lamptey does. He could be a, uh, a real talked about player by the end of the season. And then uh, 15th, I have Crystal Palace. Uh, again, you, you were right on the money. They have an old squad for me. Um, they were really bad after lockdown. Uh, Zaha looks unsettled after he didn't get his move a year or two ago. And then uh, they don't have enough goals for me up front. Uh, even though IU did have a very good season, I think, for what people were expecting from him last year. I don't think he, he might be doing that again. Yeah. And... Uh, they're getting weaker defensively, in my opinion, as they get older, some of those players. Who do you have, Jack? So, sorry, before I go, I have Villa, 17, Brighton, 16, Palace, 15th. Go ahead, Jack. Very good. Yeah, I agree with everything. We Don't worry, guys, for anybody listening. We, If we disagree, we will point it out. But so far, I've agreed with everything that you guys have said so far. I um, think um... Just to touch on Villa, they're, defend, they're defending, I don't think – their defending is good enough, but they do have a good midfield, Aston Villa, and they did struggle with injuries last season. And maybe we will see uh, a different Aston Villa fully fit for longer periods throughout this season. Uh, I've got in 17th, I've got West Ham just out of the relegation zone there. Uh, in 16th, I've got Newcastle. And in 15th, I've got Brighton. Uh, West Ham in 17th, I think that the only reason that they're not going to get relegated is that on paper, when you look at some of the individual quality that some of the players have in that West Ham team, I think it's just slightly greater than the individual players that uh, Villa Fulham and West Brom have. Um, but like you guys said, it's just very like bad time to be a West Ham fan. And without trying to rant too much here, I do feel bad for their fans because that their ownership, the new stadium, promised that the new stadium is going to lead them to European football like year in, year out, right? And it's gone completely wrong. Just everything about the club is a mess and losing. Yeah, like you said, Aiden, Diangana to, to West Brom and, and Mark Noble like going on Twitter and saying he was like very unhappy with that. I know Declan Rice liked that as well and um, other players saying that uh, I think it might have been uh, Jack Wilshere saying that like yeah. Dean Ghana yeah. like you need to be appreciated where you go because like obviously these players are really unhappy at West Ham but yeah and like you said Aiden maybe Moyes can can keep them out and they do have some individual quality I just feel bad overall if you're a West Ham fan I'm like I am sorry because the ownership is really a mess and they've got some high earners in that team that aren't contributing to the squad whatsoever so 
it'll, it'll take time to sort itself out. But that's why you see all the protests from West Ham fans regarding their ownership group and how they want them out. But uh, so, yeah, just for the individual quality, I think they'll just just be okay. But, but the future's not looking too good at the moment. Uh, Newcastle in 16th, they would have definitely been right there for relegation without these last couple of signings, like you said, Jake. Um, and I think they are decent players. I'm not sure about Callum Wilson because I know his injury, I think, is his knee. He has a very dodgy knee where he gets injured. Like, yeah, quite both frequently. of them. He didn't have the best season. Yeah, and, and just for 20, for 20 million. He has proven, though, he should score it if fit. It's whether or not he can stay fit, and Newcastle definitely need him to be. And then you've got Lewis, and, and you've got Ryan Fraser coming in. Decent players. I think they're good. And I know Steve Bruce, I know he got a lot of praise last season for the job that Newcastle did. But when you look, I don't have any stats in front of me, but I do know that from stuff I saw last season, Newcastle were quite fortunate with a lot of their results compared to what the stats were saying. Like, I think it was like expected goals, expected goals conceded, that sort of thing. And they were really, really overperforming compared to what the data was suggesting they should have done. And over time, they might be good for now, and I think that the signings will help them. But over time, I think that the fact that they were overperforming last season might catch up to them over the long term. No, sorry. I just I know I'm cutting you off, but I kind of wanted to mention that too. When I was talking about Newcastle, yeah, I, for, I forgot about it. I forgot to mention it. But yeah, they finished 10th, 13th, and 13th in the last three Premier League seasons. But I think every single time, XG had them finishing like 16th or 17th. Um, so that was the thinking for me, again, to putting them down to 15th. Um, I was tempted to put them higher just because they finished higher in the last couple of seasons. But like you said, like it's exactly what you said. I think it'll probably end up catch, catching up to them and they'll be down like where more where the, the numbers suggest that they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've got Brighton in 15th. I think that Graham Potter has the has his team playing some good stuff. It is attractive to watch. It's entertaining to watch. We all Everybody knows it's their like defending that could be the downfall of that team got uh, Mopai who will score some goals up front Connolly will score some goals up front but if they don't sort out their uh, defense and I think they've made a couple of signings this window if they don't sort out their defense we could see them slip a little bit further down the table but I do think they'll have a decent uh, decent season they do go for it and I, I commend them for doing that rather than being a team that doesn't really try to uh, place a certain way and doesn't really try to uh, have an identity if you guys know what I mean at least at least they're going for it but I think their fans would be ha- around I think they'd be happy staying in the league just kind of confirming them as a, a Premier League mainstay over the last couple of seasons so yeah and I will say Brighton nicest kits in the league this season yes Jacob I freaking love those Brighton kits they're probably like top three in the league for me how do you feel about those Jack yeah I like them they're nice yeah, and I think Brighton fans will be excited. Good kits, decent team, good manager, it seems. Uh, Jake, what are your next couple of teams? I'll go, you know, I'm kind of lost. 14th, right? All right, I'll go 14th to 12th, I'm sorry. Um, not, a big, not a big numbers guy over here. No, clearly not. <laughs> Simple math. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. In Bottom to top, Jake. Yeah, I know. I'll go uh, 14, 13, 12. In 14th, I have West Ham. 13th, I have Leeds. And 12th, I have Burnley. But yeah, 14th for West Ham. I mean, 
have a bit higher than you guys in the table, but again, I don't think it's going to be a really good season. Uh, the signs aren't aren't exactly promising for them. But the the reason my reasoning was probably that their best players would have better seasons. Um, like I think Felipe Anderson, I think he did he have he either had no goals or one goal this season, and four assists. Um, Manzini was injured and didn't contribute very much. Yarmolenko was injured for most of the season. Um, if Declan Rice can stay, like Aiden said, if he could stay, that's going to be like a big boost for them because he's probably their best player, which is neither here nor there. But um, Sebastian Haller didn't didn't really live up to his price tag at all last season. I think he got six goals. Um, and yeah, just I'm making a good case for him to get relegated here. But honestly, I just think that some of their players will have bounce back seasons. They'll just help to carry them to to points over like Fulham, West Brom. Villa, those kind of teams, um, and that's why I put them a bit higher than you guys. So in 13th now I have Leeds, and for that I think um, Leeds is just going to be kind of like Fulham or Villa, like in the in the past couple of seasons where they've been promoted and people have been swimming, but I expect them to go like fifth or eighth or top half or whatever. I just think it'll be like a bit different. I think obviously they'll still be really good and they'll be clear from relegation. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's going to pan out more like the rest of the teams. And I don't think that they're going to be like Sheffield United and get promoted and finish in the top half. But obviously they've got a good team and a good manager. Um, in 12th, I have Burnley. Um, we all know about Burnley. They'll just pick up points when they have to. And they might not pick up points against the big teams, but they'll be really hard to play against. And they'll, they'll be a decent team like usual. What about you, Aiden? And uh, yeah, I forgot to mention earlier. Um, apparently, Tarkovsky he might be moving from Burnley to West Ham. Um, I read a report saying it was closer, kind of than than we would expect it to be. Um, because apparently Tarkovsky feels if he's playing for West Ham, he has a better chance of getting in the England squad. Um, so if that happens, obviously it improves West Ham's defense, and Burnley's defense would be worse off because maybe they would trade spots on my table but i'm not ready to to say that right now i just thought it was a little little interesting piece to add in um aiden who do you have from uh, 14 to 12 yeah that would that bit of tarkovsky news if it does go through would maybe shift burnley down one for me as well but um i guess in 14th i have the the last of the the clear bottom seven i guess bottom bottom seven yeah in my eyes i'm bad with numbers as well I guess um, Newcastle, a bit higher for me than I had than uh, you guys. Uh, I just think their new signings will just improve their squad a lot. I know uh, Wilson is injury prone, but he can't. Honestly, it sounds ba- very basic, but he can't do much uh, worse than Joe Linton did. Um, they are really banking on some out of form players, like the Bournemouth lads, Wilson and Frazier, getting back in form this season. But I think Frazier will be motivated now that he's. He's got a new club and surrounded himself with a few more exciting players uh, like St. Maximin and Almiron. Where I see them struggling is in the middle of the park. I think John Joe Shelby is good for them, even though he makes some bad decisions sometimes. But I don't really like some of their other options, even though people are, if we had lots of viewers, they clip up Longstaff scoring against United. Uh, I don't like a lot of their midfield options, but they're in 14th. Yeah, but honestly, I think they could go way down from that. I'm not just trying to, like, just make a a cushion for myself, but I think they could go all the way to, like, 17th from there. But anyways, in 13th, I have Sheffield. I think they're going to fall off immensely. Um, Their expected goals against was a lot higher than the goals they conceded, and now it's basically down to Dean Henderson. 
Now they've got Ramsdale, who's not as good of a goalkeeper as Dean Henderson is. They haven't really strengthened at all. They need to get better forwards, in my opinion, and maybe a better midfielder. Obviously, their system is good, but they went away from, I think Jake was telling me, they went away from Lundstrom in the end of, like, towards the end of the season. He was quite an offensive threat for them. So I just have them 13th. I don't think they're really that much better than anyone I put above them. And then 12th, I have Burnley. I would bump them down for Sheffield if Tarkovsky leaves because he has Ilya Lindstrom in the back line. But I just think they're quite hard to beat. It's just, you know, what you're getting from Burnley. The only question mark I have is if uh, Jay Rodriguez will stay fit this season. And yeah, we'll see, which is a question mark for them all the time. But I think Burnley's a, just a solid 10th to 12th kind of area club. Go on, Jay. Yep. I, I've gone in 14th. I've gone with Leeds United. Um, obviously, they've got Marcelo Bielsa, and they're finally back in the Premier League where they belong. We think they are a Premier League club. They should be in the Premier League. Um, and they're finally back. Everybody saw how good they were in the championship last season, and Bielsa with the high press and such high-energy uh, style in the game. It will be interesting to see um, – how that translates to the Premier League, how Bielsa's system translates to the Premier League, um, and are they going to run out of energy? That's my question. And Leeds, out of all the teams, and I think you mentioned it earlier, Aiden, but between like 20th place and like about 14th, 13th place, you could see any of these teams kind of finishing in any of those spots for, for the most part, but Leeds are in Bielsa's teams are like known for like running out of energy because it's all about fitness and athleticism and intensity and I think that in the Premier League and I don't think that Leeds have the best team on paper I think a lot of it is covered by the fact that Bielsa like really knows what he's doing and has a very specific system and and roles for the team but as individuals it's it's kind of comparable to Wolves when they came up under Nuno, except the Wolves players, like they had like Ruben Neves uh, come up from the championship, who was already a Premier League level player, that sort of thing. Um, and I could see Leeds, like I saw um, I saw some, like a lot of people saying they think Leeds are challenging for Europe. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I do not see that happening at all. I, I think Leeds have more of a chance to get relegated than they do of, of getting into Europe, in my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it kind of kind of goes back to my point. I know I didn't mention Wolves. I, I don't think that they'll have like a, as good a first season as like Sheffield United or Wolves, like you just mentioned, just because I think that the quality of player is different. And even with uh, signing Rodrigo for up front, it's only him and Bamford that I know of up front. And I just think that they're going to have some trouble scoring. I know they have some forwards from midfield like Click and Sakan Balioski, but still, um, that is in the championship. And we saw with Norwich, who have who had like a high volume of midfield scores in the championship, and I don't think they scored like any goals from their attacking midfielders in the Premier League all season. So I just think that obviously like they'll they'll be safe, but I don't think that they're they're quite good enough to go on to the next level yet. Aiden, what do you think? When I look at their their team compared to the other ones above and below them, obviously I don't watch a lot of championship, but just off the Bielsa factor, like you've been saying, Jack. Uh, the highest I would put them personally entering the league would be ninth, but that would be a like a big stretch, so that's not making it into Europe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't really think that's possible for them, but I think the top half of the Premier League is quite strong, and the bottom half is quite bad, um, so I can't really see them going being relegated either. I think there's just a s- 
likely a chance that they did make Europa League as getting relegated because I don't think that chance is very high. And it's mainly off of Bielsa. But a point to add on there yeah. is some people even think that Bielsa will uh, be hired on to a bigger job partway through the season. If your friend mm-hmm. Ronald is not cutting it at Barcelona, some people think that Bielsa could be the man to step in there, um, which would be interesting. I don't really know how he's going to say no to Barcelona in the middle of the season, um, which would obviously affect their place in the table. But for now, I just have them as a quite comfortably a mid-table team. Uh, yeah, I could see it. I just, I just don't see like people who are actually saying, "Yeah, like we can go into Europe." They've got Bielsa. They've got. They don't have fans. At Ellen Road, so that is yeah. huge because everybody knows how good their fans are, and when playing at home, they feel like they can beat anybody. But you just have to, when they say that, you just have to ask them, okay, well, what teams from the top ten are they realistically finishing above? Exactly, that's uh, how I look at it too. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not in disrespect to Leeds. It's literally like they're on paper. It doesn't matter how good the system is. They don't have the quality to finish above. I'm not going to say, but the 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 teams that we have in like like what the ninth place and above I don't think that they have a chance maybe in a one-off game they can win uh, mm-hmm. and for that reason I think so I've got Leeds in 14th and I think they're going to have a great start but I think that they're going to burn out around Christmas time like the step up to the Premier League is it's not a joke like it is serious and like you said Jake like Rodrigo he's a good player and Patrick Bamford like a huge Premier League ready like I, I, I just don't see it. So I think that they'll be fine. I think they'll start off really well, and they're really going to uh, tail off towards the middle to the end of the season, I, I think. Could be completely wrong, but you know, I'm not sure. So that's just my opinion. Uh, 13th place, I've got Crystal Palace. Uh, we know they do have an aging squad. They did bring in Adariego from QPR. And I think I mentioned it last week is that that Wolf Zaha is now not the only threat on the pitch for, for Palace. They're going to have to, other teams, they're going to have to defend a little bit more honestly because Azar is also a goal threat. And I just don't see, like, a Roy Hodgson, just an organized unit. Don't see them going down. Do see maybe some more goals now that Azar's there if he really does make the step up. Um, more goals in the team that they are they really are they're mid-table I don't think they're going down I don't think they're going to cause any problems a well-organized unit um in 12th I've got Burnley as well Burnley under Sean Dyche are never going to get relegated ever um but saying that we don't know about Dyche's future he's not been given any money to spend Burnley don't spend money and you know it is like we do joke about Burnley in the in the low block system, but it is effective, and they like they they're mid table. They'll finish right in the middle of the table as long as Dice is the manager with these uh these players at his disposal. I think he's getting the best out of them. And if it weren't for him or a different system, they'd be farther down. But yeah, Burnley, twelfth place, right in the middle of the table. Uh yeah. All right. So I'll go now. I'll go. Um, I think we'll go for eleventh place to eighth place. Um. For these four teams, I have 11th place, I have Southampton. In 10th place, I have Sheffield United. In 9th place, I have Everton. And in 8th place, I have Leicester. Um, so 11th place for Southampton. Um, we saw after the lockdown, or even after, basically after they lost to Leicester last year, 9 nothing, um, And a couple of games after that, they were a much better team. Like They were playing as a cohesive unit. Um, 
they did change to four four to the four four two or the four two two two. Um, obviously having Hudo's preferred formation. Um, I guess from what we've been told, they've been work well, not what we've been told, what we've heard. Um, they've been working at it really hard on the training ground, and it kind of did pay off. Um, they did have a really good end to the season, and they do have some good players in there, like obviously Danny Ainge, uh, Janeko, who you guys like, uh, Stuart Armstrong, Aiden's uh, Aiden's fellow countryman, um, and just you know, just they've got lots of players with some good skills. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they finish eleventh. Uh, it'd be nice to see them finish higher up obviously i don't think that they'll finish like sixth or fifth like they did five years ago but it, it would still be enjoyable to see them finish up higher um in 10th i have a shepherd united again these are i want to put them like maybe one or two spots lower but i just couldn't decide who would finish higher than them so i i have them finishing 10th again um obviously like we know they have a good squad um they made some three young uh, exciting signings this this week two of them permanent and one on loan they have uh, Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe, two fullbacks from uh, Derby County, and uh, Ethan Ampadu on loan. Um, who obviously he's been hyped up a lot. Um, again, we've we've talked about Wilder a lot before, so I'm not gonna go too in depth. But like we know the job that he's done, we know how good he is, and all about the three overlapping center backs. Um, and yeah, he's just done a really good job there at that club, and I think that. They'll have another good season. In ninth place, I have Everton. <clears throat> Mainly, obviously, we know about their midfield, which is like a thousand times better than it was right now. But after hearing Zach and us complain about the midfield for the first 12-odd episodes, now we're going to have to complain about the defense for the rest of the season. And that's that's the only reason I have them in ninth, because I do think now with Richarlison up front in the midfield, if they all settle in and they all work out the way we expect them to, I think they have a really good midfield, and I think that the problem now is going to be their defense, which which is still not very good. Um, it is pretty, I don't want to say slow, but, you know, Michael Keane, Seamus Coleman, they're not the quickest. Um, if they get Tamori in on loan, like a single report, I think that'll help. It'll be kind of like the same impact that uh, Kurt Zuma had a couple of seasons ago. I, I just still have some problems with the defense, and maybe Pickford, if he if he continues like his, his recent form, or lack of form, I guess. Those are honestly like the only downsides I see to this Everton team because uh, Calvert-Lewin, I might not like him that much, but he does give a different option up front. Uh, Richarlison, I still think. And yeah, like I just said, Richarlison and good, a good midfield um, around him. Uh, Calvert-Lewin offers something different. And Lucas Dean, we know he has a great delivery on him. Um, he's a good left back getting forward. Defensively, I'm not that convinced, but he's not bad either. So yeah, I do think that just the back end of the pitch is the only the only problem area for this Everton squad, but I guess I think it'll come back and bite them. Ninth is still not bad compared to last season, but obviously they, they want to finish higher, but um, just have to add a couple more pieces, and I think they'll be okay. And in eighth place, I have Leicester City. Um, obviously, it's a big drop-off from where they finished last season. Losing Ben Chilwell, it could have an effect, but I mean, they did bring in uh, Timothy Castagna, so who knows? Uh, they might just be a solid replacement where they won't really miss them, but I think just with the fixture pileup of the Europa League, the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Carabao Cup, and relative a relative lack of squad depth, I think it'll just come back and, and bite them a little bit. Eighth is still, you know, still decent um, to finish in the top eight, but it's kind of, it's not what they want, but I just think, you know, a lack of a rotation option for Jamie Vardy aside from Iheanacho, but he doesn't really guarantee goals. You know, there's center backs i kind of feel like there's a big drop off between uh Solenshu and evans and the rest of them and just the fullbacks are young uh james justin will probably be playing until december until ricardo Pereira comes back so yeah i have them finishing 
ace, but I don't think it's a they have a bad team. I think just uh some circumstances will come against them, like some injuries down the to the top. But yeah, Aiden, who do you have for your spot? Okay, Jacob, I enjoyed that. For eleven down to eight, we have Leeds United. I'm surprised from you guys, the little championship experts, that you guys didn't put them a bit higher, but maybe I'm looking silly. And then 10th, I have Southampton. 9th, Leicester. 8th, Wolves. Jack with a big smirk on his face, I bet, because he didn't hear the Blues of Everton called out there. <laughs> 11th, Leeds United. I have them because I just think that their manager, as we were talking about before, is going to win them a lot of games. They have a very good system that all the players know. Um, they got a couple signings. They got um, Rodrigo, obviously. We already talked about him, an all-rounder. He likes the press as jack was saying in a previous video and then uh the guy that i'm blanking on from wolves what's his name uh costa helder costa yeah helder costa him on the uh, on the right side of midfield i would guess um so that will be be good i just think that they're they're just because of their manager they're going to beat a lot of the teams below them in the table the only team that i could see them honestly having trouble with would be like a very defensive team like burnley for the teams that are below them and then 10th southampton i was tempted to put them a little bit higher and also a little bit lower just based on the fact that they're going to be relying on an amazing season from Danny Ings again and you don't really know how that's going to go I would have liked to see them bring in some center back help which would have really bolstered their chances I think but I also like uh, their manager a lot we've talked about him a lot one of Jack's favorites Hassan Hubel so that'll be good and I like some of the players that came through at the end of the last season like Walker Peters he had a good uh, post lockdown so I think that'll be good and, and generally um, I, I think I'll enjoy watching Southampton this season so I just placed them 10th I think also again they can basically beat any of those other teams below them just based on their squad plus their manager. And then Leicester in ninth. That's obviously a big drop-off from last season, but I think they're going to struggle. Johnny Evans not playing for the first three games, I believe. And then you've got Pereira out as well. No more Chilwell. I know they got Castagna in, but he's going to have to settle in. Uh, Jamie Vardy is getting older, and they're going to be relying on him for a lot of goals. They don't have players that score a lot outside of Jamie Vardy. I think Brandon Rogers, once his teams tend to fizzle out, I think it's hard for him, him to get them back on side uh, very well. Plus, the stresses of European football on the squad, which I don't think is the deepest for just maintaining that quality in the first 11. So I have Leicester in ninth. Wolves in eighth. With losing Doherty, yeah. who already had goals and assists, Traore is going to have to step up if he's playing right wing back or whatever, taking his place. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just they also don't have Johnny to start the season. I've seen Vinagra rumored away. We'll see how Markel fits in. Uh, I really do like their midfield. Sixth best, fifth best in the league. Probably just ahead of Everton's, in my opinion, at the moment for those mid center midfield spots. Maybe not on uh, overall play and how they've played in their careers but just fitting into the Premier League because they've already done it so I like that midfield and then obviously Raul Jimenez and Jota players like that and we'll see if Pedro or sorry what's the new player's name that they signed uh, Fabio Silva Fabio Silva for some reason I was going to call him Fabio Pedro but anyways obviously I don't know what I'm talking about but yeah, so just Wolves, 8th place. I think that's just a general 6 to 8. You can pencil them in. So yeah, sorry. Sorry to rant on. You can go on, Jack. It's all, it's all good. Lots, uh, of, lots of mistakes I, in that in that uh, that one. So we'll make sure the top of the table is a bit a bit of a cleaner run for me. <laughs> it's, well, let's be honest. We, ha we all had the same teams in and around that area, I think, before the top six. And I've got, in 11th place, I've got Sheffield United. We already, everybody knows about Sheffield United. Chris Wilder's a great manager. They're well organized. There will be a drop off from last season. I think that teams are going to be more well prepared uh, to deal with the, the tactics that were thrown at them by Sheffield United. But like I said, we've, they've recruited well, got some young fullbacks. 
Um, and yes, it's a well-organized team. We're not going to get relegated, but I do think I think they are one of the teams that's going to be a big drop-off compared to last season. But when you first come up to the Premier League, it's not bad to just solidify yourself for a couple of years, and, and then you can build from there. So yeah, I think Sheffield United in 11th, uh, in 10th place, I've got Southampton. Yeah, we, we all know they're good too. Southampton are a good side now. Uh, one really bad result last season doesn't mean that they're a bad team, and Ash Neal has been playing the right way. There's been some smart signings. I do believe, Aiden, I, I'm not 100% sure Jake, I think you'll know for sure. I think they signed or they were linked with uh, a center back from uh, Valladolid in Spain. I think his name's like... Yeah, Mohamed Salisu. Yeah. Did he sign? Yeah, they signed him for $10.9 million. Um, so I guess... Um, well, he's never played in the Premier League, so who knows? Who knows? Is he, le- is he left-footed? Yeah, he's left-footed. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna take Saisa's spot. Uh, he signed for Southampton. I think oh. he's gonna take uh, what's his name's spot. Sorry, okay, I'll be honest to the audience listening. I'm also doing a football draft right now during this, so I some of the things I'm like trying <laughs> to piece together here. It's it's difficult. I'm trying to watch. It's an auction draft, which makes it even harder because I've got to bid on these players. <laughs> But I'm trying my best. Sorry, Southampton. I will not hey, comment too much on your guys' stuff. Go on. My bad. No, it's I apologize all to everyone. It's all good. It's all good. We have conflicting schedules. We got to do what we got to do, so it's fine. But yeah, Southampton, 10th place. They're, go- they're heading in the right direction. Leicester, honestly, everything that Aiden said about Leicester is exactly what I think about their team. I think that once things start to go wrong for Brendan Rodgers' team, he can never seem to get there. Um, get them going again. They are very reliant on Jamie Vardy, who did get quite a few penalties last season. Now he is getting older, and as a player, he relies so much on his on his speed and aggression. As you get older, he's going to lose that speed and you know one injury, and you have to play Ian Acho. I don't I don't know how how I feel about that, but yeah. there's going to be a drop off compared to last season. And uh, they murdered. They did well. Sorry, before you go on, and they might already be playing Ian Acho, who I don't rate if they go with the four four two system, which yeah. they were. Yeah, yeah, they did play it a lot, yeah. Yeah, maybe sorry to throw you off. Then, but no, no, that's all good. They, yeah, just, I don't know, I just think they're slightly in decline, and they did make a bunch of signings with Chilwell leaving and Chris Kramer coming in. It might take a little time to get in. We could be completely wrong, because when things do go right for Leicester, at the very best, they're, they're a very um, strong and well-balanced team, but I just see a drop-off from last season, and I think that they were, like, one of the favorites to capitalize on a lot of the transition for uh, some other top teams in and around the top six places last season. So I think they're going to be in ninth. In eighth, I've got Everton. Now, Come on. Everton, could fi- they could finish They could finish 10th, and, like, if I'm being completely honest, I want them to finish, well, obviously I want them to finish as high up as possible. Ancelotti was playing with no midfield last season. I try to keep the players like in check a little bit later but literally playing with no midfield and he's gone from playing with no midfield to a very very good midfield and it's just a matter of uh, bedding their players in because Ancelotti will know how to utilize James and he knows exactly how to utilize Allen and then Aguero is used to the league it's just a matter of time for them to bed in and you've got a really, really good midfield there. In terms of the defensive, I think you mentioned that defense is a little bit weak. I think part of that last season looking a little bit weak, they don't have a ton of pace at the back, but they were definitely exposed because the midfield provided no protection. And 
the, the laser's probe just playing falls in behind because the uh, midfield or opposition could just send it right through and in play in behind and really expose the defenders. But when you have players like Couture and Allen, hopefully they'll provide a little more address and a little more um, defensive positioning in order for that to not happen as easily. But I think they could definitely use just a couple more signings like Mori if he does come in as a center. That's loan. That's good. Hopefully they'd be an option to buy. And then it also links with Santiago Arias from Atletico as a right back option. I don't know if that's permanent or just a loan. I'd prefer a loan because he was like 28 or 29. But yeah, got him in eighth place. It could be very exciting. They never know with An- Ancelotti. He knows exactly what he's doing. They could, everything could finish above this like Aiden predicted, but it won't surprise. I think they'll be somewhere in that, you know, that like like eighth to tenth area for this season. So, Jake, do you want to give us your seventh place to fifth place predictions? Yeah, so I have seventh, I have Wolves, six, I have Arsenal, five, I have Spurs. Um, so seventh, Wolves, yes, I have them finishing seventh uh, for the third season in a row. Um, I just think, like Aiden said, they do have like injuries to Johnny and, and a big loss in Doherty. But I think kind of the fact that they don't have to play Europe for the for this season hopefully for them it'll kind of balance it out yes i have them seventh place because they're a very good team yeah i won't mention anything else about them sixth place i have arsenal just because i'm still not convinced about arsenal and it's kind of more about the teams above them than about them themselves we did see like at the end of the season arteta he did get them playing um obamiang uh well we mentioned in other episodes but obamiang in the fa cup semi-final and final scoring two goals in each of them um Winning the Community Shield, which no one cares about, but it's still something. It's still a win, I guess. And it again, it'll just be about their midfield, if Ozil plays or if he's just another distraction for the whole season. Um, and the if if Shaka or Sabayos or whoever plays Torreira, if they can, if they could be like a solid defensive midfielder, which is what they've needed for years and years. Um, and again, the back line, it, it has gotten better and younger with uh, Saliba and Gabrielle, but who knows uh, how long it'll take them to adapt and how long it'll take for them to play and even if they can form a partnership that works or not. Um, so for those reasons, I have them in sixth. And in fifth place, I have Tottenham, uh, mostly because uh, Mourinho, obviously, I'm well, not obviously, but I'm not Mourinho's biggest fan, but you can't really argue with the fact that he's a good manager and that he gets results in the second season. Um, and of course this is going to be his second season at Spurs. Um, and I just think that the players will be used to what he wants for them. Um, he'll have this summer to get some players that he wants. Um, they, they've signed uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, um, who is kind of like a midfielder that I see that Mourinho would like just because he kind of seems like He's a leader on the pitch. He'll do what you ask of him. And again, he's solid defensively. And I'm having a mind blank. Who else have they signed? Doherty from Wolves. Oh, yeah. Um, Matt Doherty, who's obviously an upgrade on Serge Aurier. Um, Better offensively, a little bit better defensively, um, less rash in his tackles, uh, an upgrade there. And yeah, I just think he always gets a reaction out of the squad. And if Harry Kane can stay fit, you know, he'll score the goals that they need. Um, And Maybe Mourinho can get Dele Alli playing back to his best, which we haven't seen for two or three years now. 
Um, but if he can do it, I mean, if anyone can do it, Mourinho can. So, so we'll see. Aiden, who do you have? I mean, it's pretty similar to yours. You just flip-flopped a couple teams, I think. Um, I have Everton in seventh, Arsenal in sixth, Spurs in fifth. Uh, Everton in seventh, I, I think um, it'll be a big improvement for the Toffees this season. Probably see the best seasons we've seen and, and more of what, they can do from a goal scoring and a chance creation perspective out of the likes of Richarlison and uh, Calvert-Lewin. Now that they're going to have a bit more service from James Rodriguez, you got to rate the signings of Alan uh, Ducore and James. Hopefully, I don't know if all the budget will be gone, but maybe they could get in a, a defender right back, Arias or someone like that. Who knows? Uh, Ancelotti will have a big factor. It's probably... Just looking at the managers here, he's probably top six, top five manager in the league. One of those two, I would say. Maybe seventh if you include Bielsa, and just depends on on your day, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I really rate him. Um, yeah, obviously, Hamas is going to be great. I think for set pieces and just a final ball. Questions over his fitness, uh, week in, week out. We'll see how that goes, and just what the role um, he'll be used in. Obviously, it's right midfield would be what you think, but never know if I should trust this Jack guy who goes on about the four, four, two all the time, or if it is going to be the four, four, three, three, I'm not, I'm not certain here. And then, yeah, honestly, I, I don't enjoy some of the other options they have in the team, like a, a Wobie or a Seamus Coleman. I don't really enjoy those, but that's kind of, or their center backs or their goalkeeper. So basically <laughs> almost Half every team <laughs> almost every position except for the like for where they're gonna finish i don't enjoy those like but i think pickford is gonna have a better season than he had last season where he wasn't good at all i hope so yeah. oh he's terrible um, and i think that uh, players like luca dean could thrive a bit more with a bit more vision and a ball playing ability because as jack Ovals bangs on about the midfield was horrible last like forever um, so we'll move on from them. I, I think they're fine. Uh, I think it'll be a battle between them, Everton, and Wolves to get seventh. Um, I have Arsenal moving up to sixth. Aubameyang banging in the goals, obviously. Good, good signing, Gabriel, I guess. I, I don't really know a lot about him. No one else did until a few weeks ago. Yeah, I just think they've been improving under Arteta last season. Back five, back three, very good. Karen Tierney fit for the whole season, going to be banging. Young players and Ketcha taking over the striker role could hinder them. We'll see. Lacazette looks out of favor, so I just don't think for that reason maybe if they had like a top, top, top quality striker that was going to play week in, week out now that Aubameyang's playing off the wing, I think that uh, they'd be maybe above Spurs. Uh, Look for David Luiz to have a bounce-back season. Yeah, I think they're just a, a little bit better than Everton at this moment in terms of options they could bring off the bench with Pepe and Willian, stuff like that. And the links to Awar, if those were true, maybe they could go above Spurs, but I still can't see it. Spurs in fifth. Mourinho generally has his best season in the second season. Harry Kane's fitness is a question mark. Won't make top four because of that. Defense. Center back area, I still look at as question marks, even though they signed Doherty, if they're going to be playing Eric Dyer at center back. And as much as I like Sanchez more than you guys, he does have a mistake in him. Alderweireld's getting older, lost for Tongan. I just think I think their forward line is decent with uh, Bergevin, Son, Kane, etc. Yeah, I think I, I think Deli Alley will come back to his form, though. He started off under Mourinho very well. 
but I think it's honestly, from my point of view, I just think it's straightforward picking, picking this, but go on, Jack. No, we all have a similar thing. I have the exact same thing as Jake. I have Wolves in seventh, uh, Arsenal in sixth, and Spurs in fifth. Wolves, like we said, no European football. They don't have the biggest squad, but they won't have to rotate as much, and they do have a strong, um, strong 18 to choose from. And they, yeah, they're really good. Nuno, Nuno is a is a great coach, and they're, yeah, they're they're a really good team. It might be signing um, Teas from Porto, and if they do that, we will once again voice be reviewing our fantasy Premier League team because that guy crosses the ball a lot. So uh, we'll have to keep tabs on that if that happens. Arsenal in sixth. Gabriel is a huge. Huge upgrade. They've got Saliba coming in, who I think all of us, we agree that he's probably not going to start off the season um, as a member of the first 11, but he'll, he'll work his way into the team. But having um, Gabriel and Saliba come in, Tierney a full season, like you said, Aiden. I think Arsenal, they're headed in the right direction. And I think, um, like you said, just a little bit ahead of Everton at this point, I think a huge part of that is the fact that Arsenal have a player like Aubameyang, who is a world world class player in my opinion. Like he he scores all their goals and can single handedly win them games because he is so clinical. And I don't think Everton have that. They, I'm not saying I don't think they don't. Everton do not have a player who's that clinical and just win them games just like that through through goals and literally carry a team on his shoulders like Aubameyang did last season. Um, but yeah, they're headed in the right direction. They look like they're playing. They're they're better defensively under Arteta. But again, it is Arsenal, and it's going to take me some time to to move away from the fact that it's Arsenal, and they just they can't be trusted fully. Um, so we got Spurs in fifth. They've got a really really tough schedule, but they do like on paper have a very very good squad and. I agree with you, Aiden. If Harry Kane was fit for the whole season, I think you could you could be looking at a top four finish, but he's guaranteed to be out for at least a month or two months. Um, and they have such a tough schedule the next uh, month or so. They have a ridiculous number of games uh, for Europa League qualification and, and the, the League Cups in England. So um, they're, they're definitely going to um, run into some injury problems early on. But... Then again, Mourinho, second season, like you guys said. I, mean, I know I'm repeating a lot of what you said, but I agree. He gets results, and um, I think that Spurs will be able to finish fifth with the squad that they have. Uh, Jake, do you want? Do you have anything to add, or just want to move into your top four? Yeah, nothing really. Who do I think is going to finish in the top four? I think fourth, United, third, Chelsea, second, City, first, Liverpool. Unfortunately, United just because they haven't really made enough signings that to to not to improve them from last season because I think they should get higher than sixty six points, but um, they haven't really made enough signings to improve them compared to the teams around them. Maybe if they get Sancho, that'll change. But obviously, like well, we all know with Chelsea signing Havertz, Werner, I can't believe I can't name more off the top of my head. Thiago Silva. ZF, just all those guys, obviously that improves the team a lot. Um, who knows if they're all going to, you know, adapt quick enough. But to be honest, if those guys go the way they should, I think Chelsea will be closer to second place than United will be to Chelsea. Um, that might be, you know, a hot take or something. But 
Hopefully not. Um, I just think that obviously there were good signings where they needed them. Bench a lot, left back a lot, and new midfielders. Yeah, not too much to to say because we covered it. Uh, I believe last week or the week before. Second place, I have City. I don't really know why. I just feel like I can't really trust them that much. Probably defensively, we've seen that they're not not that they're not very good, but. They're not uh, what we think they are. Mostly that they keep the ball on the net just by keeping the ball. Um, but when you attack them, they are vulnerable. Like we saw United just quick direct counterattacks against them last season. Um, United won three games out of four against them this way, especially in the league games. Um, when Rashford was fit, especially the first one, Rashford was just causing them a bunch of, a bunch of problems. They just are vulnerable defensively. I don't rate John Stones or Nicholas Alamendi or... Benjamin Mendier, Zinchenko, or I'm not even a big fan of Walker. So that's, that's most of the back line there. But that I don't know. I just feel like they they still have like they'll still have a time this season where they'll be under pressure and that they'll just kind of lose it a little bit. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but who knows. And first place, I have Liverpool. And basically, this is more about the other team's weaknesses than their own. I think they're just a settled team. If they add in Thiago, he's obviously going to be a huge upgrade to any midfielder on that team. You know, he's better at passing the ball, keeping the ball, dribbling um, than than anyone that they've had in midfield. Um, aside from probably Naby Keita, but, you know, he's played about, what, like maybe 20 matches in like three seasons since he's been there. So um, that hasn't worked out. And yeah, that's kind of why I think that I have Liverpool first. They just kind of have the the not the front three because I don't think Firmino contributes enough, but they have the, the firepower to to just win them games when they shouldn't. And uh, I think that, you know, Van Dyke and Allison will keep them out at the back. Um, yeah, I just think that they're probably the most well-rounded team, unfortunately. Uh, Aiden, who is your top four? Yeah, I like those uh, those picks. They seem a little uh, a little safe to me, I'll be honest with you. Uh, like, they sound smart, but it's just really if everything does go to plan. Yeah, but, no but speaking of that, I'm going to say that things are going to go to plan for the transfers, and I'm just going to base the top four predictions off of, of transfers going through. I mean, if we're bold enough to predict the the whole table, we we can predict – I can predict some transfers here. I, I'm still hoping that United or, or thinking United are going to get Sancho done. I think that City are going to get Koulibaly done. And I think that uh, Liverpool are going to get Thiago done. And then I think Chelsea will get a keeper. So we'll just add each of those there you go. to there. And then the prediction time. Fourth, I know I was talking them up a bit. And this was a, a, a couple days ago. I had this a lot different, but I just had a long, hard think about it. Took some advice from some people that know a lot more about, about it than me. And I put Chelsea fourth, Liverpool third, United second. And City Ooh. first could be optimistic, Ooh. but this is how I'm thinking it goes down, given if all those transfers happen. So Chelsea, we'll start with them. Obviously, all their signings are very good. Um, can't can't really – you already talked about all the names, but I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to bet in. I think that Ziyech and Werner will hit the ground running, but uh, it could be a bit different. Obviously, Chilwell won't be playing from the start of the season. Kai Havertz could take a bit of time to get going. Conte's fitness is a big question mark always uh, over the last few years. And I just don't think that their defense is still good enough 
to mount a full title challenge. And I don't think their manager is good enough to mount the full title challenge in Frank Lampard. Uh, I just think that second center back position is is a big problem. And Thiago Silva is getting on, even though I called for him to be signed, to be a leader in the back. I just think you need a bit more quality rotation. Like I don't rate any of the center backs that are th- from second to fourth choice. Christensen, Zuma, Rudiger, I don't think any of them are honestly good players. Other people might think differently and they might think they're better than the players United have. But then Liverpool, I have them in third just because I think that um, – their mentality isn't there to retain the title just how much they dropped off after winning the title and they it could sound stupid but they weren't able to go for the points title they really dropped off after the title was confirmed you can put that down and say that that was just because the title was already confirmed but i think that just shows the mentality how much they were how much they were celebrating after they already won the league i mean i know it was a big moment for their club but i just think it shows that they're they don't really have a winner's mentality um and that they've kind of already peaked. They've had two years basically where they were the best team in the country after they narrowly missed out on the other title against City. So I think that that I, I'd be really impressed with the actually, in my opinion, the depth that they have if they were able to go again and do it for three years in a row, even though I do think their forward and defense are very good. And then I think uh, there's been rumors of Jurgen Klopp with Barcelona uh, previously in the summer. I don't know how true those are, but We'll see how big his commitment is to the team in the season and just how he gets motivated. Obviously, he does love football and he loves to motivate the team, but we'll just see how big of a factor that is. I don't think Roberto Firmino does enough, as you've already touched on. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if Van Dyke can get the consistent center-back partner that he needs. And if they don't sign Thiago, even though I do think they will, with offloading Vinaldum, which is – sounds like it's basically going to be done. I, I think that they would be in real trouble if they didn't get Tiago. Same thing with United not getting Sancho. I think that would really spell trouble. Yeah. But I have United in second. It's a bit of, I guess, probably the boldest pick I'd say out of anyone's made so far. But I'm going to say they're second. Just I don't think that with the added pressure of uh, David De Gea having Dean Henderson behind him, that he's going to make as many mistakes this season, which cost him a lot of points last season. Their defense was actually very good than most clean sheets in Europe last season, I believe. I just don't think with him behind that he'll be able to make those as many mistakes. And if he does, he won't be staying in the net for very long at all because David De Gea is actually, I think it was pointed out on the Caught Offside podcast with his, didn't really save any more goals than he was uh, expected to save all the shots that he was expected to save, he did, but any, any shots that he wasn't expected to save, he didn't save. He was like mm-hmm. 0.3 for that stat, according to Opta. I just took that from caught offside, but, and obviously if they sign Sancho, they have a very deadly front three, probably rivaling some of the best in the league. And yeah, I, I think, I still think you're going to see more from the likes of Rashford being, if he is fit for the whole season, Pogba wasn't fit for like barely any of the season. Bruno for a full season, who we'll get on to later, but I'm going to say he's going to have the most assists in the league next season, especially with the addition of Sancho. Uh, Greenwood will push on getting more experience. And uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be great times. And then you've obviously got the depth of Van de Beek in midfield. So I think it's going to be good times, more of mentality. Uh, Nemanja Matic has already sounded the alarm bell saying that they have to mount a title challenge this season. And they know that in the squad. So I like that mentality. And so yeah, United second and then city first. 
with the signing of Koulibaly. Obviously, they would have the, in my opinion, they have the best center back partnership nailed on in the league, Laporte and uh, Koulibaly, and then Ake, third center back. We already know they have hundreds of millions of fullbacks in the club. Uh, they lost Sané last season. I think Sterling is going to have a massive season this season. David Silva, yeah, it'll be a bit of a loss, but Foden will be filling in. Bernardo Silva will get more of a chance in attacking midfield to regain the title because God knows they can't do it in the UCL, so they better get their Premier League title back. What do you think about all that, Jack? Yeah, big, I, think, I think it's... Big, big rants. Sorry? Big rants right there. Big rants. Sorry. <laughs> no, we, we, all, we have the same teams, just different order. Uh, in fourth place, I've got Man United. Third, I've got Chelsea. Second, I've got Liverpool. And in first place, I've got Manchester City. Uh, start off with Man United in fourth. Um, obviously, we still know that there's links. And I don't know you guys if you guys know the current, as of right now, when we're recording this, what is the latest news on Sancho? Do you know right now? Apparently, there's a breakthrough yesterday. I think Fabrizio Romano was the one he was saying uh, that the thing – the thing holding up the deal is the agent's fees and United haven't made an agreement yet on personal terms with Sancho, but according to him, both of those have taken like a big step forward. So, And they're willing to pay the, what is it like 125 million or something? Yeah. He hasn't, he didn't mention that in the thing in the latest update that I saw, but I guess um, obviously what everyone's heard is that part of the thing holding up the deal is that Dortmund want the money up front and United want to structure it in installments. I think they want, 80 million plus 20 million plus 20 million, but Dortmund just want the whole 120 in one shot. So, mm-hmm. but Jake was right what he was saying with Romano and, and the agent's fees, which was like a big thing before, I'm pretty sure, for the deal not going through. Because for like now three or four weeks, apparently the, the player, like they've had an agreement with Sancho and he wants to come to Manchester United, even though he's not going to force a move through. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now I've heard that. United are confident that they are that they have an agreement basically in principle. That's what I heard yesterday too. From not from Romano, which obviously they're not as reliable sources, but yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard that they're confident of an of an agreement with Dortmund. And I, I kind of I kind of believe it because other sources have been saying that like Ole went to Woodward and he was saying like you have to get this done like yeah, you, he was have upset. To, you have to fix your mistakes because he wanted him signed like as the championship Champions League qualification occurred but we'll see mm-hmm. if they don't yeah. stump up stump up the money obviously Dortmund don't have to sell him right so yeah exactly that well that was my main thing was was uh like was Woodward and were were the Glazers willing to actually spend the money but uh, I've I've got them in fourth. Now, this is because, and I know they're, okay, let's say they do sign Sancho, and I'm going to take the same route as you, Aiden, and say they've signed these players. And also, I'll throw in this month, I don't know how strong the links are, but Reguillon from, uh, I believe it's, uh, I think he was Real Madrid on loan at Sevilla last season. I think he was linked as well. He's a really good player. Let's just say they get a new left back. They get Jaden Sancho. They've got Van de Beek in um, already. Now they've they've got some depth. They're, those are those are like three quality options, like three quality additions to the squad, and and definitely good enough to get Champions League. I, I'm very confident they're going to get Champions League. It's more of a matter of where I think they'll end up, and I think they're going to finish in fourth behind Chelsea, just because Chelsea before these crazy amount of signings already had a ton of depth. We already knew that, and they also have a lot of experience playing in the European competitions. And I think that Manchester United's 
like rotation with the new signings. It might take them a little time to to bet in, but I don't think United still with these couple of like quality additions and they do like the starting 11, very, very strong. But even with the rotations, if you get even a couple of injuries, you know what I mean? A couple yeah. of long-term injuries. Um, it causes like, problems. Right away, those, it kind of, it kind of makes up for the, the new signings if there's only two or three names. I think, I still think to really mount for the, to, to mount like a title challenge, I think, uh, all things going in the right direction. I think it's just, it's one more season away based off of the amount of money that United's owners are willing to spend. And it's also down to the fact that we're in like weird times with the, with the transfer market and that sort of thing. I I still think they're one year off, uh, but I think they'll finish fourth Chelsea in third. They like really, if you think about the, 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 like the age of the signings that they've made, the quality of signings that they've made, they could they could come fourth Chelsea I think, um, but just based off of talent and depth alone, all throughout the entire squad, they've got so much depth in terms of players that can step in off the bench who like are like good like ready players. Whereas United, like they've got like Brandon Williams on the bench is different than having like uh, Reese James on on the bench for Chelsea that sort of thing. Uh, but with that, and I know we've already discussed this, we'll probably get into it after reactions to two matches when we've already mentioned it before. It's the fact that uh, Frank Lampard should be under pressure now because there's no way that that team should not be challenging for a title. I think they're coming third, but they should be within a title challenge and it could take time for the signings to bet in. But in my opinion, they're good enough that they shouldn't need much time and they're of such high quality that they should be going for the title. Um, they're in third because I don't, I don't trust Lampard enough to actually fix it. And with, you know, Chelsea, I don't know if Abramovich is going to change his mind because uh, Frank's a Chelsea legend, but it wouldn't surprise me if things don't click quickly, if, if Lampard's out, out of there and uh, they bring in a more experienced manager. Uh, second place, I've got Liverpool. Now they are, Still very, very good. And I think a lot has been made about the fact that they're not strengthening their squad. And there's definitely going to be questions over their attitude because it's normal. They they have won everything at this point. And a lot of people are asking, okay, well, what's next for this thing? And I think the next step, I still think that they're good enough for one more season. But if we make the comparison to like Sir Alex Ferguson and Manchester United teams of the past of how um, – every couple seasons you have to rotate the squad right and make these signings and I think that Liverpool right after this season I think this is the last one where they're really really challenging because even when you look at some of the ages of the players it is an aging squad and with a team that relies so much on uh, on energy and and pace and aggression uh, physically they're going to have to get some younger players but I think they're just at the end um of the cycle of this cycle of Liverpool or of the, over the last couple of years after building this team. And it's kind of, it, in my opinion, it's after this season, it's really time to revamp the squad. But like you said, Aiden, nobody really knows about the futures of, of Jurgen Klopp because there's rumors of him going to Barcelona and going elsewhere. And also you don't know the investment. Um, we know that Liverpool's, we know that, um, Liverpool's owners aren't really wanting to spend in the current market. And we can, we can go and analyze 
why that is and because of their connections to major league baseball and the revenue from that sort of thing. But whatever it is, they, within the next year or so, they have to spend money because if they don't, I think by the start of next season, um, they, could, um, they could be looking at a really quick decline. Yeah, they'll be – if they don't spend money this, like, in the next year, they'll be – I don't know if it's a hot take because I think people get really attached to the, – especially these days, what's the hot item on the market. And right now, obviously, yeah. it is Liverpool over the past two seasons. Yeah. But they're, they're literally looking at fourth to sixth in the next year. I swear, if they don't invest. Yeah. Like United well, and Chelsea will yeah. be overtaking them. Arsenal, they have one of the best young teams in the league. Like I know that obviously yeah. their best players are like their best players, old Aubameyang, but they have some very yeah. good young talent. Yeah, I, I, I know I know what you mean. I think that that time, so the decline, I think this is the last season that Liverpool have it in them. Um to challenge for the title, I don't think they're going to win. But I think after this season, that's when it's not a complete rebuild because they've got the culture and the style and that sort of thing. But they have to they have to invest. If they're not going to invest that much now, which it doesn't look like they're going to, even bringing in Tiago as good as he is, it's just one player compared to look at Chelsea bringing in 50 players and sending half of them on loan. But I think this the last year. I don't think they're going to win the title because obviously I've said I've got Manchester City in first. But after this season, that's when, in my opinion, well, and we'll see how it plays out, but I think that's when they're going to have to rebuild the squad yeah. um, in order to challenge. Because, yeah, United have, a young, United have a younger team. Chelsea have lots of young stars in that team. Arsenal are good. Wolves are bringing in, what we say, like Fabio Silva for $35 million. Crazy amount of money. But um, teams building for the future in Liverpool are just on the end. They, like, they, they reached the pinnacle over the last two seasons winning the Champions League and winning the Premier League. And now it's time for them to like revamp the squad. I don't yeah. want to keep harping on that, but Jake, what do you, do you have anything to add? No, not much. Just, I do agree. Just that they're on the, they're on the downward slope now. They've passed like, the, the top. I already said that they're going to sign Tiago. Like I bookmarked that, that that was going to happen, but they haven't already paid the thirty million that's been like a nailed on price apparently for everyone. The thirty million. Which is million. a snap too. Yeah, exactly. I know he's twenty nine, yeah. but but he's like basically reaching the best that he's played. And they had to furlough all yeah. the staff. It's like I don't know if they're really gonna be as gutless as Arsenal where they had to cut like fifty staff so they could pay Williams wages, but Yeah. Um, well, I think I think they reversed the furlough of the staff because they got a lot of backlash for that. But. Yeah, oh, but, reversed it. Yeah, they did, but I mean, it was only some PR just because people were coming after them for being hypocrites and stuff. Okay, I, so yeah. it's just a typical. They, like, they were they were basically yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the point is, this is the last, in my opinion, this is the last year that they really have in it, and then I think that they're going to have to change because the age of the squad, etc. Uh, first place, I've got Manchester City. I'm very, very confident that – I know, Jake, you had Liverpool winning the league this season. I'm very, very confident that Manchester City are winning the league this season. Probably more confident, confident than I've been in the last, yeah, probably about five years. I think that Koulibaly is coming. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. They brought in Nathan Ake, which is a very smart signing because he's considered a homegrown player because he came up through the Chelsea system. Uh, Perrin Torres. Obviously, David Silva has left, but they've got Phil Foden coming in. Bernardo Silva is able to play um, in that in that number ten role. 
Now, I just think Koulibaly and Laporte, like you said, and that is the best center back pairing in the league. They have the ball for the whole game anyway. Um, Ederson's a decent keeper in behind. And, you know, yep, like Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling. They, we, we all know how good Manchester City are. And I think it, it comes down to more the fact that Guardiola, if, if Guardiola doesn't win the Premier League with those players, like that is the best team on paper. If he doesn't win, like I, I don't know what to tell you. Be, like he, he kind of has to win. And I think that Manchester City, like, kind of have a chip on their shoulders they kind of have to prove to everybody and say okay like we are the best team last year yeah it was a bad year with some injuries within the squad but um like it's kind of a chance for them to really show okay we really are the best team and that was a one-off year for Liverpool even though Liverpool were amazing and the best team last year but um I I'm confident that with the depth and with Guardiola, like an angry Guardiola with something to prove is not something that I would want to play against. And I think that they're going to destroy a lot of teams this season. I just have two points to add to what you were saying. Yeah. First of all, Liverpool were very good. But if you go look at the XG and the XG against, they were very lucky to get a lot of the results. I know that's not all of what football's based off of, but yeah, I would like everyone to go take a look at that. And then also... Um, yeah, a little bit of homework now that school started again. And then um, also Guardiola being angry and something to prove. He's had something to prove in the Champions League every year, and he hasn't done anything. <laughs> yeah, but I do think his ego, like the ego has to take a hit for this one. Like they went trophy list with that team. No, Any I, other I do, manager and they get fired. I do agree because I have put City in first, like that they're, yeah. they're going to win the league, but. I just think that he's had something to prove in the Champions League. And I think if they come first in the league, the Champions League, they're not going to win it again. I think it's his last season anyway at Manchester City. Either way, if they win mm-hmm. it or they don't. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's just time to move on. How yeah. old is De Bruyne? 28, I think. Okay. I think. Um, no, I was just yeah. wondering, just thinking how many more years you think he has like at – being the best player in the league. Or, oh, he's 29. Like, uh, I think he might have two more years yeah. being the best in the league. Yeah. yeah um, that's what I'm yeah. thinking, too. I, I mean, I obviously, I, City are obviously Liverpool and Liverpool. I just thought just the amount of games that they lost last season, I just don't know if they could, like, completely eradicate all all those issues, like, in, in one off season. So, who knows? They might. I mean, obviously – Ake, that was really smart signing because now uh, they have a left-footed center back even when Laporte's out. Um, and it looks like he's going to be since him and uh, Mares have uh, COVID. And just to go back to United, um, just because I'm, you know, biased, um, just I do remember seeing like a lot of people criticizing United for signing uh, Donny van de Beek. It's like not he's not the player that they need. He's not Grealish. He's not a difference maker, whatever. But it's already coming off because Pogba's also missing the first the first game of the season with COVID. So obviously, well, he's probably going to slot right into a Pogba spot. So, I mean, it's already, it just, I'm just trying to, to demonstrate like how, how important some good squad depth is all over the place. So, yeah, it also gives them like flexibility. Like we've been saying with Everton and stuff, like they could go to a diamond. That would yeah. be an unreal team. Like Matic, Van de Beek, mm-hmm. Pogba on the sides, Bruno, Rashford and Martial or Greenwood fun, and Martial. Yeah. That would be unreal. I know I went back yeah. like three spots to talk about it. But. Mm. No, no, it's okay. I went back. You went back one spot for me. I got United in second. Very true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
It's it's optimistic, but I'm just <laughs> you got to have belief because what else is football if you're not believing in your own team? You know. Very true. That's what the whole start of the there season is for. Anyways, do you guys want to move on? Just, we've got the teams. Do you want to list off your full tables? We can just go one by one, and then we can move on to the awards. I think we should just give the audience a nice review so they can just mark it down and see how we do by the end. Yeah, sure. So I'll just quickly list mine. So I'll just uh, first to last place, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Spurs, Arsenal, Wolves, Everton, Leicester, Southampton, Sheffield United, Burnley, Palace, Leeds, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, Aston Villa, Fulham, and then in very last place, West Brom. Okay, so I have one Liverpool, two City, three Chelsea, fourth United, fifth Spurs, sixth Arsenal, seventh Wolves, eighth Leicester, ninth Everton, tenth Sheffield United, eleventh Southampton, twelfth Burnley, 13th Leeds, 14th West Ham, 15th Newcastle, 16th Crystal Palace, 17th Aston Villa, 18th Brighton, 19th West Brom, and 20th I have Fulham. Perfect. I have first title winners, Manchester City, second Man United, third Liverpool, fourth Chelsea, fifth Spurs once again, sixth Arsenal, seventh the big moving up, the big team coming through this season, Jack with the big smile on his face, Everton, eighth Wolves, ninth Brandon getting fired, Leicester, (laughs) tenth Southampton, eleventh the best promoted team, Leeds, twelfth Burnley, thirteenth Sheffield, fourteenth Newcastle, this is where I get sketchy, fifteenth Crystal Palace, sixteenth Brighton, 17th Villa, 18th West Ham, Moisey with a sad face, 19th West Brom, and 20th Scott Parker, the first manager fired Fulham. Oh, there you go. Perfect. There you go. Uh, if you guys want, we can quickly Very good uh, recap. go into some like predictions for the awards for this season, like top score and stuff. If we want to start, Jake, do you want to predict the Golden Boot winner for top scorer of the Premier League? Uh, why not? Um, Golden Boot. Initially, I want to go with Aguero, um, just because everyone knows how good he is for how long. But I decided to go with Harry Kane. Um, if he stays fit. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I'm just surprised. I didn't um, know you. I thought yeah, you didn't same. like Harry Kane. Oh no, I don't mind Kane. I just like going for the surprise picks, I guess. Um, no, just if he stays fit. I mean, he's finished, what, top score twice before, I think. Um, normally, Mourinho, he usually gets good see- good, uh, good production out of his strikers. Um, I'm thinking, like, way back to Benzema at Real Madrid. Even before that, you know, Samuel Eto'o or Diego Milito at Inter. Even Lukaku at United, obviously, wasn't like or wasn't very well liked by, by some people. But he, Zlatan he, Ibrahimovic. There you go. And, yeah, just... Harry Kane, I mean, we know everything about him. He could score headers, right foot, left foot, penalties, a couple free kicks, maybe not his strength, but he, he, I've seen him take some, so maybe he could score a couple of those um, outside the box. You know, I could keep going on forever. But, yeah, I think if, if he stays fit, I think Harry Kane will finish top score. Who did you guys have? Aiden, I'll, I'll ask you first. Passing it off to me, Harry Kane. Interesting, I like that. But I've kind of gone for – I guess a safe pick because this guy's really the only one that scores goals for this team. I obviously went with Aubameyang returning to the golden boot after the Jamie Vardy season last season. Who do you have, Jack? Yep, not much to add. It's it's Aubameyang. He's the only one who scores for Arsenal. I 
Like Harry Kane, if Harry Kane played every single game, I think he'd be in the conversation. It's just guaranteed that he's going to miss like a month or two of, of the season, every single season. And with the, like I said earlier, the, the really tough opening run of games because they're playing so many games in like 30, like in this next 30 days, I think. And they only have like, they have like one, how many senior strikers do Spurs have? They have Harry Kane. They don't have any depth. No, that's what I was. gets injured. That's what I was just thinking. Like who's their backup striker? I guess they're going to use Son or Lucas Moura. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't, I think Aubameyang, Aubameyang will score, takes loads of penalties, scores all of them. So yeah, I think Aubameyang is, is a, I think he'll probably win it. Uh, who do you have? Golden Glove, so most clean sheets, Jake. Um, golden Glove, I have. I haven't decided because I have two names here. Um, I'll just go with Allison, um, just because I think he's he's a better shot stopper than Ederson. Um, I think Ederson's a bit of a better passer, but I think Allison, just in terms of an actual goalkeeper saving shots, I think he's better than Ederson. Um, I feel like he saves the the harder chances, and Allison or not Allison, Ederson sometimes let them squeeze through. Obviously, it helps. He's got a good defense in front of him, Van Dyke, whoever partners him. Yeah, I just just uh, called an audible on Allison, so I don't have too much to say about it. Uh, Aiden, who did you pick? Jacob, the friggin' audible king, looking like Peyton Manning out here. But I have the Golden Glove Award, Ederson. I just think that uh, obviously it coincides with my table. I have Man City finishing first. Ederson, uh, I just think City are going to be very, very good this season, dominating the ball, especially against the bottom 11 teams. They're just going to be 65 plus, 60 plus percent possession. They're just going to be dominating the ball. If they get Koulibaly in, for me, it's nailed on. Ederson all day. What about you, Jack? Yep. Exact same thing, I think, with Koulibaly coming in. It's Ederson. Like I, they're gonna have Jake shaking your head, but they're gonna have the ball for almost every single yeah. game. Jack against, and I like, on the same wavelength today. Let's go. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. They're if, against me this if, week. Uh, well, like literally, yeah, from like tenth to twentieth place, the bottom half of the table. Like even if they get chances against Manchester City, like to break forward. Koulibaly is absolutely incredible. So is Laporte. Just put them together. And then, yeah, Ederson, I agree. I think Allison individually is a much better goalie. But Ederson with those two in front of him, I literally just – like that's such a good center-back partnership. I just don't see teams getting great chances against them. So and they'd have to get the ball first. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's Ederson for me. We'll go player of the season, Jake. Yeah, this one, again, is based off my, my league table. And I didn't, I didn't just want to pick the same names again. Um, so for player season, I picked Mohamed Salah. Oh. Um, yeah, just because in my table, I have Liverpool winning the league. And <laughs> he's he's honestly, I think he's a main goal threat and the main assist threat. Um, I mean, obviously debatable between him and Sadio Mane, but it's those two clear for sure. I feel like Liverpool get most of their, you know, most of their goal contributions through those two. Um, you know, just dangerous. And they can win the team for, or win a game. They can win any game for their team just out of nothing. Um Obviously, Salah's got the the most goals in the in the Premier League season. He's, he holds the record with thirty two in thirty six games, um, a couple seasons back. And yeah, I just think he's he's going to be their most important attacker again this season. But yeah, Aiden, who did you pick? No, who you guys think is better right now? Before I go on, Mane or Salah? I have Mane. I'd prefer Mane in my team. I think he offers more overall. Honestly, I always think um, Mane too, but I think I might just go for Salah. 
Well, you have to back your pick. Yeah. I understand. I understand. That's okay. This makes no sense, Jake. This makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> I like Mane more, but I'm going to choose Salah. No, no. I used to think it was Mane, but now I think I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. He, he's he been playing too much FPL. He likes Mane or Salah. Everyone yeah. picks Salah in the team. Maybe. That might be it. <laughs> anyways, even though the season hasn't begun. But anyways, what are we picking here? Player of the season. I'm going at not really off the board, but a I guess a bit off the board. We're going with Raheem Sterling, player of the season. Finally getting this finishing boots on. Just getting fed like a baby by Thorina and everyone else. He's just going to go off this season. It's going to be great to watch. Jack? I'm going with uh, Kevin De Bruyne again because he is the one feeding. He is the one feeding Raheem Sterling. And he's going to score as well. So the best player in the league. Perfect for... Fantasy Premier League, even though I have taken him out of my team. Um, yeah, he's the best player in the league. Let's, let's just all agree, no matter who it is, it's not Jordan Henderson. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I think so. Might <laughs> not even be starting for Liverpool this season. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> uh, we'll go manager of the season really, really quick, Jake. Yeah, the boring pick. I Initially, I had Chelsea in second, so I went for – I had Frank Lampard, but – now you can be boring and go with the odds and pick Jurgen Klopp, unfortunately. Aiden, who did you have? Yeah, I like that. I mean, you're just boring. As that's what all your picks are boring. But Very true. Um, <laughs> I went with just who's going to make the biggest improvement in terms of the footballing and the overall how he's going to make his players better and how all the players are going to gel together. I have Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, wow. How about you, Jack? <laughs> I thought you were going to go – sorry, I thought you were going to go with Ole, and I was just about to go off. Okay. Now uh, you're just on the other way. Now you're just – you can't even think of your pick. You're just so over the moon that I picked Ancelotti. No, I, I, know, my, I know my pick, but, well, yeah. Carlo, that is a great pick. I, you know, we never know what will happen with that well, this team. This is unpredictable. Well, we know what happened. They'll finish like ninth or something. No, but why? In my table, Wilder was lower. He was nominated, wasn't he? Was Wilder nominated? Yeah. I know they yeah. Everton again didn't come from the championship, but in my table, I have them higher than Sheffield finished. So there you go. Hey, if it wasn't for Alex, they would be coming from the championship. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Go on, Jack. <laughs> Digging in quickly there. I like that. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jake. I, I don't know why you're you're making fun of me because you yeah. didn't know how to count in your own table. So yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the boring option, not because I like it, but I think that Manchester City are going to walk the league this season and it's going to go to Pep Guardiola. Not that I want – I don't want it to, but that's what I think is going to happen. I know um, we've been dragging – They've got the best team. Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, I know I'm always cutting in and I'm always interrupting, but you guys just sparked the thoughts for me. So what I was going to ask is, you're saying City's going to walk the league. What do you guys think is like a, what are you guys predicting the points total is going to be for first this season? I'm going to say 92, like low 90s this season. I was going to say 92, but I don't want to be the same. So I'll go 93. If you want to, like, I'm an expert. So if you want to match what I'm picking, it's just how it goes. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What do you think, Jack? <laughs> uh, I think it'll be – what will it be? I think Manchester City are just going to – I think more of the goal difference is what it's going to, like, see – well, they're going to destroy some teams. I think it'll be, yeah, low, low to mid-90s. I think they're just going to walk the league, if I'm perfectly honest. So, 
yeah, like 95. In ballparks, so we're not going like 99, like the like 100 or something, like some massive. I think the league yeah. is – I think the, like the top 10 is pretty good this year, so I think it'll be hard to beat at all those teams, like especially yeah. play them like three weeks in a row if you play a top 11 team. Yeah, but anyways, the schedule, yeah. Yeah, no fans for the – till maybe november october we'll see yep. okay what's matter the, for city no it doesn't matter for them but very, for the other teams. very good point i never thought of that uh we'll move on now they, they'll uh, pro- they assists. would they probably get more attendance from that screen at the back than they do at the head ahead <laughs> okay we gotta move on we gotta move on uh okay. jake most who's who's gonna get uh most assists um again i was just between the two most likely options kdb or trent and i just went for trent just because he spams the crosses so one of them is bound to to pay off so well you know more than one of them but i just figured because i know de bruyne also but he takes the, the wide free kicks the corners um, and he's he's up the field a lot, and he crosses a lot. So, Trent, Aiden, who'd you have? It was between Trent or KDB, but I'm not logical, and I like to just vary things up. But it is kind of logical in the sense that I believe he had this maybe the second most assists since he came. I could be completely wrong about that, but I put Bruno. Yes. Bruno for the most assists. Very lethal strike force to 60 goals plus last season from the front man. Bruno was there for half the season. Yeah, Bruno. What do you have, Jack? Yeah, boring boring option for me again. KDB. KDB. Kevin De Bruyne. I think if Aguero can stay a little bit more fit this season than last season, which you never know because he is getting older and he is injury prone, but, you know, just Kevin De Bruyne and he has Sterling and Aguero to feed feed the balls through. Just the, the back post happens as Manchester City do to literally everybody. I think that it's just going to be um, – yeah, it is between Kevin De Bruyne and, um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold this season. I do agree with you there, Jake. I No, I agree with, I agree with Jake. It's between those two. You're not allowed. Um, and I could see – I could – well, I'm saying KDB, but I'm saying – uh, just to add on, but you're, to but you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to agree with Jake today. That's against the rules. Remember, it's me <laughs> and you against yeah. Jake. All right, sorry, and I'm gonna have to go on my own here. <sighs> and uh, <laughs> the fact that KDB is likely to play a little bit deeper as he has uh, more recently for Manchester City might mean that Trent, as we as we know, spamming the crosses in uh, might might end up getting more than De Bruyne, but I, I don't think so. I could just see that would be the reasoning why is because De Bruyne would be sitting back a little bit deeper, but I think it's going to be him. Second last one. This this is interesting. Who do you guys expect? This could be a transfer uh, or a young player or just any, anybody who you think is going to have a, a breakthrough season. So you're, you're number one breakthrough player in the league this year. Um, yeah. So for breakthrough, I just want to go with someone who's getting promoted, who I think could have an impact in the league. Um, so I went with uh, Matthews Pereira from West Brom. Um, so I just, uh, for once, I'm actually prepared. to have a little, just a little bit of information for him. Last season, he played right wing or a cam, um, mostly right wing. But but uh, he went through like a rough patch in October and November, I think. So they moved him to cam, um, just to get more involved. Um, and then he moved back to right wing later on in January. Um, but he's a 24-year-old Brazilian. According to Transfer Market, or Transfer Market, 
uh, last season of championship, he had 42 games played. He scored eight goals and he had 20 assists. Um, the eight goals in 42 games is, is decent, right, for a right winger. It's mostly like the, the 20 assists in 42 games that stands out and just shows the kind of player he is. In his entire career, he's, he's played or he's played 162 games with 42 goals and 44 assists. And considering he's played for, I think it was Chavez in Portugal, um, Nuremberg in Germany, West Brom in the championship, they're, they're not great clubs. So his goal, he has, let's see, have 86 goal contributions in 162 games in his career. It's pretty good. And they only bought him for $8 million, so it's pretty much a bargain. Yeah, he's just pretty much the creative hub of the team. Just everything goes through him, and that's why I'm just excited to see him play. Aiden? Perfect. I love that pick. That's probably your best pick of the day. Thank you. Um, and then for breakthrough player, <laughs> I'm also going with a transfer, but it's also a player moving up a league. I switched this today. I did have uh, Calvin Phillips. But now I've gone with Ollie Watkins. The only, well, basically now that I, the table, the only reason that I don't have Villa relegated before I did have them in 18th, but since this transfer, I moved them up. I think his goals will save them. Obviously, he's not going to bag 25 goals like he did last season in the championship. 24-year-old Angus striker, as Jake would like to say about Pereira. Yeah, he's a great player. And I just think his link up with McGinn, Jack Grealish, uh, El Ghazi crossing balls in, whoever else you want to just name off right now. Matt Target, if you if you want to think he's going to get an assist, I just think uh, Watkins is going to be big for a, not a great team like Villa. So I think he's going to be a, a big breakthrough player. Maybe even in two years' time, move up to a bigger club. Who do you have, Jack? Yeah, those are those are interesting picks. I've gone with a player who's already at one of the top teams, but hasn't necessarily uh, broken into the first 11 picture and i've gone with phil foden of manchester city predictable and this this is predictable but you know we know david silva's finally left manchester city and pep has said over and over and over again that foden is pretty much the heir to the david silva role and i think he is going to now get his chance Um, and if he doesn't well, if he doesn't, I'm wrong, first of all. And you'd probably want to move because this is he's definitely good enough. I think everybody knows how good he is. But to really break through and, and to see what he can do, getting a consistent first team action week in, week out, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. But he really is. I think he is a superstar and uh, just needs the opportunity to play. And he's been learning off of, off of uh, David Silva and all the top players that Manchester City have. And I know Guardiola in the past has said that Foden's like the most like talented young player he's ever worked with. And that includes like Lionel Messi and so you can you see how highly he, he rates. You don't, him. you don't think he was lying when he said that, or he's just, so you actually think Matt Foden's more talented than Messi? I think he might've been exaggerating that one a little I, bit. I, I think so too. <laughs> no, no offense, Jack. I don't mean to shoot down your whole thing, but I just think that that is probably in, implausible especially for a massive fan like yourself it was, um, yeah i think i think he probably said it just to get foden's confidence up just you know get him wanting to play for him um and just you know just trying to trying to big him up so that he's ready for the first team and he feels like pep believes in him i don't think he actually believes that foden is better than messi at that age sorry guys the had to switch the headphones over there they died on me um, but to yeah to answer your question, I think obviously Corey, he was exaggerating, but like Phil Foden's not going to be as good as Lionel Messi. We all know that, but just to to heap that much praise on him shows as a young player, like how much he he trusts him as as a as a player to fill into David Silva's uh, shoes and role within the club 
with Manchester City's goals to win the Champions League, to win the Premier League, to win everything every single year, win every single game and dominate. And Foden's obviously trusted or should be trusted now. It looks like he's going to. And I think that um, this season will be the breakout season for him. Uh, last one here. Who are Who's the player, Jake, that you're most excited about? It doesn't have to be a breakthrough player. Just the player that you're most excited about watching this season. The most excited, I'll say Bruno. Um, this is also another one that's predictable, but it is like you mentioned not long ago. He was only in the league for half a season, and I think he had – see, I, I forget all the stats. But I think he had 13 goal contributions in, in 13 matches or, or 12 and 13, something like that. I just want to see what he could do over the full season. Obviously, we love him scoring the penalties. Hopefully, we get a few more of those this season. Just excited to see how, he, how long he can – or what he could do over over a full season when he's when he's got new or when he's used to the teammates around him. Aiden, who do you have? For me, for most excited, I have a couple picks here. Of course, just can't make it keep it simple here. We have for right now. I have Havertz, obviously a dynamic player, can play in the the cam attacking midfielder position, striker position, or the right wing position. Uh, maybe he's even good as a goalkeeper. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, he's just a great player, obviously coming from the Bundesliga, uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, tall striker, has scored, when Jake and I were watching him, scored some nice-headed goals. Obviously very slick with his movement, his passing, everything else you want to get from an attacking midfielder. But if the transfer does come off, which we've already assumed it will in a way, which could be a bad omen, but I've picked Sancho instead of him if the transfer does come off. And then lastly, I just threw this in. Most excited to see is how uh, Bielsa uh, lines up. I know I just picked three there, but for a manager, Bielsa, if how he lines up against the other managers when he goes against Arteta, Guardiola, uh, all the other managers, and how his tactics overall work in the league. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good pick. It's, it's interesting. Um, one thing on Kai Havertz. If he is played as a striker, just he's in my FPL team. You might as well put him in yours because if he's played as a striker, he's listed as a midfielder like Aubameyang, which is just like a cheat code. Put him in your team and you're good to go. That's what, yeah, that's well, what I did. So hopefully they play him up front. Yeah, well, they could – like they literally could just be benching uh, uh, Pulisic or they could play yeah. him off the right. Like they could play Werner off the left, average mm-hmm. striker. And then whatever else you want to talk about the other positions, but that would just be yeah. in Chico. They've got a lot of options. Um, and then, and then Werner, like, honestly, I think that would be the, I know we're just ranting right now and it's been a long episode, but I think that would be the best option. Cause then you could have Werner coming in from the left, like making runs in behind and then kind of combining, like being a, an inside, like kind of combining sometimes as a two strikers with Havertz yeah. and then Chilwell just going super high on the left. I think that would be super Just all-out okay. attack. I think that's me, but I think that would be very good. Good work. Go on, Jack. Yeah. Uh, my most excited player that I'm looking forward to is James Rodriguez. Now, it's probably obvious as an Everton fan, I don't think anybody would have actually thought that this signing would come off and just following James's career. when you, everybody, I think everybody, there's no questioning this guy's talent. He just hasn't been used by Zidane. Has some some injury problems, but the prospect of him, like he's not the prospect, it's happening. Him working under Carlo Ancelotti, a, a coach that truly trusts him and that he feels comfortable with and, and knows his game inside and out. 
to see what Hamas can do for Everton this season. I think and not in my in my lifetime have I seen Everton have a player of Hamas's profile internationally and just what he can do with a ball. Like obviously there's there's Wayne there's Wayne Rooney in there, but different type of player and Rooney went to went to United when he was young, right? But having a player like Hamas, there's there, I haven't seen them ever sign a player like him. It, it is a risk, but it could turn out to be a very, very good signing. And I think like as neutrals, I think you guys would agree with me. It is just an exciting signing to be able to watch him in action in the Premier League, no matter what happens. Yeah. Jack, I actually have a question for you. Yeah. Um, do you know who uh, uh, George Valdano is or Jorge Valdano, I guess? Is that the Colombian guy? Uh, he's Argentine, but he used to be like Real Madrid's sporting director. I think we have talked about him before, to be honest. Um, but did you see what he said today or no about James? Uh, nope. Oh, I've he, been at work, so. Yeah. He, he criticized him for going to Everton because he said that the only reason he went there is because uh, Everton are trying to become Ancelotti FC, and, and he only went there because uh, Carlos has come for a blanket. Like, what do you what do you think? Obviously, I'm sure you'll disagree, but couldn't care less about what that guy said. I don't <laughs> care. Like, look at the midfield options that Everton have. Like, Gilfie, who do I want to play? Tom Davies or Hamas Rodriguez? So that guy, like, what does he talk about? Maybe, maybe look into the squad details before you make a comment like that. But, there you go. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Aiden, what, what do you think about that? I think you're right. But uh, I'll forward him your response. I'll let him know what you said. All right, thanks. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting take. Uh, I don't know if that guy's just being a bit harsh. I don't know what his his ties are to Rodriguez and what he knows. But I just think that – well, I don't think that Hamas will be lining up directly in center midfield where Tom Davies would be, for one. Obviously, that's not the point. But I just – I don't know if that guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe it's right. But for me, I wasn't wouldn't be too concerned about that. I would just be more concerned about that it was more of a commercial move than anything, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'll be fine. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him with Everton and what he does with the players that he has in front of him and and beside him. So I th- I think it's fine. And you're always going to have people that are hating on hating on you and whatever. So I'm not I'm not really worried about that. Yep, makes sense. I think we're done. It's been a long episode here. Um, follow us on Twitter at OTL Soccer Pod. We're going to attach a link when this goes out. You'll see on Twitter, we'll put out the code for our fantasy Premier League. So if you want to join that, we've seen that uh, quite a few of the listeners have. So that's good. Uh, We appreciate it. So that'll be on the Twitter page. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to give our reactions to the first week of Premier League action. So thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye.